Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co, where we explore how leaders can empower their teams, achieve ambitious strategies, and deliver an exceptional customer experience. Views expressed by guests are their own and may not reflect the views of Teams & Co. Mention of particular products or services and participation of a guest does not imply an endorsement by Teams & Co. The information provided is for educational and entertainment purposes and should not be taken as professional advice. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co. I'm Luis Wilson, and I'm here with Tracy Eames. Hey, Tracy, how are you? I'm doing well, Luis. How are you today? I'm doing great, thanks. For today's episode, we'll be discussing the topic of how leaders can work across functions with other leaders and other functions to really grow their business, as well as navigate any challenges that come up. So, Tracy, what are some effective ways that leaders across functions can work well together? As we've spoken about previously, it's important when you think about teams to think about teams in that 360 view and that that leadership level is part of that team, right? So you not only have the folks that are on your team working with you day in and day out, you also have that broader cross-functional leadership team that you probably work with. So in a functional organizational design, this might mean if you're the director of finance, that you're also working with the director of marketing and the director of sales and uh, the director of IT, et cetera. In more of a cross-functional uh, relationship or, you know, regional, you might be working with, you know, GMs of different regions. So if you're the general manager of one region, you might be working with the general manager of another region. And so as we think about working together, we want to think about how are we collaborating with our partners? This is really important because it'll help us all move faster as an organization. So we've spoken about this previously, which is if you're working in the finance department and you're meeting with marketing or you're meeting with sales, having aligned goals across your team and making sure that you're all pulling in the same direction is really important. So one of the first things I would do is to speak to leaders about, are they going through that step? Are they with their counterparts? Are they reviewing? Are they sharing their goals? And are they also understanding what the, their counterparts goals are? That will help you understand where each person needs to be going as you move forward together and help you get there as a collaborative process versus, you know, always going into a meeting thinking, these are my goals and I need to achieve these things. Understanding where the other person is coming from will, will help you work better together. Thanks, Tracy. So really collaborating with those partners effectively. Can you give us some examples of how these leaders across functions or divisions have worked well together to grow their business or accelerate their growth? Of course, this, this kind of check-in and this alignment on goals will help you do a few things. First and foremost, it'll help you ensure you are aligned. So one of the, the best ways to help the organization um, move quickly and accelerate their growth is making sure everybody's goals align to the strategy right? That we're all working towards the same shared purpose. And so as a leader, if you're checking in with the other leaders across the different functions in the organization and making sure all of your goals are aligned, if you see a misalignment, you're able to raise that to your shared leadership and say, you know, so-and-so and I met, we reviewed our goals and we actually noticed that their team is working on X and we're working on Y and we're not sure if those both meet the strategy or if they both reinforce our strategy. And it gives your senior leader the opportunity then to either kind of add light 
and add more detail around how both of those things do reinforce the strategy, do help you provide that exceptional customer experience, are going to help you reach your shared goals, or it helps bring light to a fact of, oh yeah, we we did miss something. We you know we do have a misalignment of our goals, and so this process first and foremost will help you understand those gaps, or also help you and other leaders understand how your shared work together does reinforce that strategy. The other thing it will do, it will allow you to kind of set a framework. And we've we've spoken about guardrails and guidelines going forward. And this will help you do that at the leadership level. So while your counterparts, right? So nobody's leading the other person, you're working collaboratively together. If you're looking at your goals together and you say, okay, here's some places that we 100% have aligned strategy and goals, and we work together on certain projects, let's say, we can then set a cadence of meetings. So that gives us a guardrail, right? We're going to meet once a month. We know that once a month, we're going to give each other an update on what's going on in that project. We're going to be able to have time to troubleshoot together, etc. There also might be other times that there's natural tensions between teams based on the work that we do. And these are okay. They're, they're there for a reason. But by reviewing your goals, you understand what the expectations of both teams are and how you can navigate those tensions together. And, and I'll give you an example. So again, as everybody on this show is very familiar with, I spent a lot of my career in marketing. And in marketing, what you often do is you work closely with finance around setting up marketing plans. You know, you have to talk through the ROI, the return on investment of any kind of marketing campaigns. And finance helps you, you know, build out those financial models and helps you track your budgets, et cetera. And so the natural tension point there is finance has the fiduciary responsibility to make sure that the investments of the company are meeting the strategy and meeting the goals and expectations of leadership. And then marketing has the uh, a similar goal, which is meeting the expectations of leadership around reaching our customers, having relevant conversations, sharing information, that obviously costs money. So in that discussion, I now know if I'm speaking to my counterpart, their expectations of what I'm bringing to that meeting. So we, through going through our goals, we recognize, okay, yeah, your goal is to make sure that we're making responsible investments. My goal is to make sure that we're reaching our customers. So what information do you need from me each month to show you that why I think this would be a good investment. And then likewise, what information are you going to give to me around why, how you, how we might be making these decisions again, so I can continuously improve our process. And if we do that up front, then every time we're meeting, I'm bringing the relevant information, they're bringing the relevant information and our conversations are much more productive versus, you know, a little bit more of a friction point. So hopefully that helps kind of add some light to what I to what I mean about that. But I'm happy to follow up and to dig into more details if if necessary. No, absolutely. Sounds like really working that alignment. And then when you do find those natural points of tension, working with your counterpart as well as your leadership to set up guardrails and guardlines at that level. Kind of like when you do have those points of tension, you can really use those guardlines and guardrails. Perhaps it's a meeting cadence, like you said, you're meeting once a month and, and really exchanging relevant information, which both of those really add up to, to being able to effectively navigate those, those points. Those friction points are, or those tension points are really valuable to an organization. The reason we have different functional areas and different functional leaders 
is because we want people bringing their expertise to the table. And we want certain leaders to be leading certain initiatives. So those aren't those are really great to have in an organization and for everybody to be fulfilling their roles as the leader of whatever functional area they're leading. I think to your point, it's making sure that those those natural tension points don't become friction points, right? They don't slow us down as an organization. You want those to build dialogue. You want those to give us an opportunity to pressure test different ideas and have lots of opinions around this is why this might be really good. This might be why maybe it won't be successful. Well, how about if we tweak it or change it like this? Those are amazing conversations to be having as a leadership team. So you don't want to take that away. You just want to build that dialogue between leaders so that way those conversations are moving us forward versus bogging us down and slowing down the process. And if we can kind of all agree what our expectations are up front and what information we need to be bringing to those meetings to make them most effective, it'll help us all move faster together. So That's great. Thank you, Tracy. Do you have any other best practices or key things to, to focus on when working with other leaders and counterparts for our listeners? Yeah, I think we've mentioned this one before, but I'll just re-highlight it in case somebody missed that episode, which is when you're thinking about building your team cadence of meetings, don't forget your cross-functional teams, right? So your leader probably has a, you know, a team meeting amongst the leaders that report to that person. So if you're on the commercial side of the business, your, you know, VP of commercial or customer facing activities might include the director of sales, the director of marketing, et cetera. But also make sure that you have a cadence with the functional leaders or the leaders that have an influence within your team. Or, or when you think again, we've talked about the racy model. Maybe they're not accountable or responsible for something, but they're a good inform, right? So you want to think about if you're sales, are you having a regular check-in with operations? Because op- operations obviously needs to know if you're going to be placing a big order, they need to have the proper stock on hand. They need to be able to get that order fulfilled for you, right? Similarly, if you're operations and there's an out of stock or there's a, you know, a delay with a supplier or something like that, you want to be able to tell sales that, right? Because you don't want them, you know, potentially not informing your customers that there could potentially be a delay on something. And so trying to make sure that you're mapping out who are those stakeholders throughout the value chain that you should be working with, maybe not every day, but figuring out that cadence together, right? And so maybe it's just an informal lunch once a month where you you know, update folks. Maybe it's a more formal meeting quarterly where you go through your shared goals, but trying to figure that out and build that communication in a few different ways will be helpful to help not only you achieve your goals, but again, to provide that except- exceptional customer experience. If all of the teams are aligned, we're able to really deliver on that promise to the customer because we're able to streamline the process throughout all of our different functional areas in the value chain. Thank you, Tracy. Really highlighting how counterparts can work together across functions to accelerate that growth, keeping each other informed, staying close on what their goals are, and really helping each other out. Now, this doesn't always work out so well. Uh, what happens when things go wrong here? What do we do? I think it's a good point, right? We, we all get busy and um, it is very easy for us to sit on a podcast and, and speak about the perfect situation and when everything is going well. I think it's more realistic to think about there's going to be times 
that we all get, you know, off track in our communications. It's it's the reality of the world, right? We we all move very quickly. There's going to be a time that you forget to email somebody. We're all human. And so what I would say is is having that open and honest dialogue is really valuable with your counterparts, right? So maybe it's not a a call out during a meeting, but maybe it's just a, a you know, after a meeting is ended, you, you know, you ask, you know, one of your colleagues if they can stay for a second or if you can call them right back. Um, now in the world where maybe many of us are virtual, you could just set up a, a 15 minute call to to lay out the situation and and ask for advice and also ask the other person what could what could you do to make it better. We all want to be able to have input into processes. And so if somebody's expressed to you, you know, hey, I would have rather be informed earlier, rather than just say okay, say hey, do you mind if, if we chat for a couple of seconds after the meeting? And when you chat, say, well, what does earlier look like to you? Is the right time frame a week in advance? Is it two weeks in advance? And you might, you know, you might have to kind of debate that that time frame a little bit because you might both have different needs, but you're probably going to get to a better answer if you have the conversation directly versus you guessing what earlier means, right? So a couple of extra follow-up questions will help or just recognizing when you could do something you know, a little bit differently. So you could say, hey, I realized I didn't send this email out or I only emailed these two or three people. Are there more people that should be involved? You know, would you, does anybody see that I'm missing somebody? Being open to that feedback and opening up opportunities for your colleagues to give that feedback is really valuable because sometimes people don't want to just jump in because they, they don't want to be seen as they're, you know, um, being a naysayer. But if you, at the end of a meeting, say, does anybody see if I'm missing anything? Is, are there any gaps? You know, is, am I leaving out a certain communication that somebody would prefer? That opens the door for that dialogue and it opens the door for you to all brainstorm together versus you trying to figure out, did I, did I find all the details? Um, so again, it just kind of gives you a, a good perspective and it helps you move through some of those times that could potentially be more challenging. Got it. So really, talking about how to write the ship when the collaboration or communication is breaking down. And it sounds like it doesn't have to be a big challenge or a big breakdown, right? Where you have to have a formal com a conversation about it, but it can just be something as simple as soliciting more feedback or soliciting more input, or perhaps revisiting an old email or saying, hey, should we add more people? So at all those different levels, no matter how big the issue or how small it is, just focusing on driving more collaboration, sounds like. Yeah, I, Luis, I think it's similar to what we've spoken about in the past, which is this is all a journey, right? So there's nothing that we speak about that's just a point in time. And if we do it right one time, we never have to address it again. And and oftentimes with our teams, when a new team member joins us, these are exactly the conversations we all want to have, right? We want to ask the person, how do you like to receive information? How do you share information? And And it's top of mind for us because they've joined the team and we're going to learn about our new team member. What we often forget is even if we know everybody on our team, if we're changing and we're experiencing a change together, then it's helpful to have this conversation again because it allows us to reset our shared expectations. So if you take this year, as we've spoken about, there's there's obviously been an immense amount of change, right? Some teams have, have to move to digital some teams have completely new schedules or completely new work conditions. And under all of those new conditions and those new scenarios, we may 
change our working style. We may prefer to get information in a new way. It may be helpful to have an email when it used to be helpful to have a phone call. It may be helpful to have a phone call when it used to be, you know, a hallway catch up. So we want to we want to take more of an active approach to having these conversations, especially with our cross-functional leaders, because we all get so busy during the day. It's easy to forget that you're not in a silo and you're not, uh, you know, kind of, you know, only operating within your functional area. So the more we can be intentional about reaching out, it gives us an opportunity to brainstorm with other leaders, to get their perspective, to get their guidance, right? We have this whole idea around mentors and mentors being maybe uh, a role that's, you know, ahead of us in the hierarchy, you know, maybe more advanced in their career, but great mentors can be your counterparts, right? They're living your experience just in a different region or a different functional area. So building these relationships give you that opportunity for more of that informal brainstorming, learning from other leaders, learning how you can do better, and also gives you the opportunity to share what's important to you and how those teams can help your team get better the, the same way you're going to help their team get better. We just kind of, we bring it up because again, it, it sometimes it feels maybe a little bit awkward to sit down with somebody on a, on a video call after knowing them for 10 years and say, how would you like to receive your communication? But it's actually really valuable. And the other person will appreciate the fact that you're making the effort. And maybe you have a good laugh because you're like, oh, <laughs> It's kind of funny that we're having this conversation after so long, but you'll learn things that are really helpful to both of you and will help you move forward together. And so worst case scenario, you spend 15 minutes chit-chatting with you know one of your counterparts um, and you confirm everything you know, but then you're really confident, right? You're like, okay, great. I had the conversation. I'm confident as we move forward that we're, we're doing the things that are helpful for each other. That's great, Tracy, thank you really not waiting for your counterpart to change or the team to change, but really focusing on driving this alignment and communication when the situation has changed and, and how to do so successfully. So thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Luis. I, uh, I really appreciate talking to you and uh, I look forward to our next session. Absolutely. See you next week. See you next week. You've been listening to Building Teams with Teams & Co. To learn more about the latest thinking on how to empower your team to deliver exceptional results or to book a consultation, please visit us at teamsandco.com or follow us at LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook.